What so. rainwater catchment like what we have? Yes. They're asking for that? Hell yes. You don't no, know don't about ask. that? No. Do you, you not read the LA Times? Mm, I do, but I don't read that part. Do you listen when I talk? No. How about that? Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr. And I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. I'll bathe in new shower water. I'll break the law to bury my compost. And I love my wife. And I'm Rochelle Carson Begley. Sometimes my husband drives me so insane I want to break the law. And him. But I love Ed. This week, we're joined by our very dear friend and contractor, Scott Harris, who's going to talk about the construction process and what happened after. What are the bills like? What was the process like building it? And How we, do we yes, do it? in fact, we are still married, believe it or not. Imagine that. Yep. I feel like we should have a prayer. No. <laughs> Say Baruchah. Baruchah. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Hi there. Okay. Hi there. Thanks for joining us in yet another episode of Begley-esque. And we are very excited because today we're chatting with the man who helped us build this very special house, Scott Harris. Thank you for coming, yes, Scott. Thank, thank you, Scott. you very much. Thank you for having me here. For those of you who watched our series on Begley Street, you might remember him as a contractor who put up with a lot of green ideas that we're trying to implement into this house and much more. He's been featured in many publications, worked with other well-known figures such as Kevin Costner, Kevin James, and he's a co-founder of the firm Building Construction Group, Thank you, Scott. Yay. Oh, thank you. And since he's probably sick of hearing about our house for all these years, we'll do our best to ask other amazing project questions that he's been working on. Scott, again, thanks so much for coming. Because all first thing, I want to talk about is my house, right? Ed? I know. And I want to hear about the spicy taco. You want to hear about the house? I want to hear about the spicy taco. He's got a story about a spice. I love spicy tacos. I'm you guys to hear... heard the spicy taco story? No, tell me. No. All right. Well, is this, this is only happens in San Fernando Valley, right? This is, a, is this like a, a urban? legend or are we talking something you've actually experienced? Why don't you no, actually this, let him tell the story well, okay. then you find out what it's about. Imagine, <laughs> right. conceive of that. All, All right, right. Go ahead. only a true story happened to me the other night. I was going to a taco truck and it's one of the first times I decided to go and I get up there and there's this kid that's got like a bike on the ground. He looked like he was 16 years old and I thought with all the vandalism going around our house that I may as well you know, make some friends with him. So I said, hey, how's it going? How's your tacos? Good. Next thing I know, the guy goes, oh, Man, it's such a long day. I'm so exhausted from working. And I, I don't know, what, what, what do you do? Contractor? No, no. Kidding. no. Kidding. And then he goes, <laughs> bro, dude, I do porn. And I went, I mean, I, I didn't know what else to say. And I just. Well, I, yeah, you've just got I me said, speechless. I yes, said, go ahead. Well, that's great. Wow, good for you. Congratulations, you know. 16, it's too young. Well, no, then he told me, he said, dude, why are you looking at me like that? I'm serious. He goes, you want to, sh I'll show you on my phone. I'm serious. I just, and I said. Um, oh, no, you didn't say yes. Well, I was eating my taco. I didn't want to see his burrito. So I, I, uh, you I, said, you said no. <laughs> I said, no, I said, I believe you. So anyway, we started talking about it and he was sharing his rags to riches story for me and. And then next thing I know, he goes into his four-hour, his thing about how he had worked a four-hour scene doing this, you know, his scene. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the thing that I thought was funny is he says, dude, you know what's cool? Because I said, isn't this like a job to you at some point? Yeah. And he goes, no, it's really cool. He goes, check this out, bro. The girl, dude, she gave me her phone number afterward. Oh, my God. But I, I was just, just waiting for you to say that he was going to get you to remodel his house. So he's not there yet with the No, but he, he did ask me if I wanted to do porn, too. He thought oh, I, he okay. said, you've got the well, look. He goes, so you can. So obviously, yeah. for those out there who cannot see Scott, he's quite well. We don't know how well, but he's um, he's a handsome dude. Okay. Thank you. And you can watch him on Begley Street, but he will be fully clothed. It's all G-rated. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. It's so interesting, Scott. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> Only in the San Fernando Only in Valley. San Fernando Valley. <laughs> which is the birthplace, I'm told. The, the film I Boogie Nights you, contends. Yeah. Yes. Many other people. Historians of porn will tell you that it is, uh, it's the birthplace I, of porn. I know. And they used to Nights. have videotapes. You were never approached to I, do anything. Never. Like, no. Not yeah. was I not approached. I never liked it. I You'd, was... Yeah. I'm a weird. I was well, a weird yeah. teenager. Even I didn't. I found it. Well, back in those well, days, they didn't have online porn. Yeah. Back no, but they had like films of it. I went when I was maybe yeah, those 21. Cards that you would flip. They had an ectochrome bad lighting <laughs> kind of. Yeah, the cards didn't? that I flipped. Oh. But it was like bad lighting and ectochrome, and men were wearing black socks for some reason. This is back in the God 60s. I guess. You see wow. Their feet. Yes. It was disgusting, and it, if you were excited to begin with, you would lose mm -hmm. all excitement looking at these films. So yeah. I never liked porn. From porn to construction. 
introduction. Ed will talk after. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Well, we have really started off with the bang here. So no green. pun intended. Very natural. It's a natural process. Um, you know, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be here talking. So yeah. I guess that's the tie-in for this. What had you get into design? What? what <laughs> yeah, it's a good segue. What made you get into the design and building world? What, what yeah, started Yeah, what the you? hell? How, how did you start with this crazy world you're, you're employed in? So my parents asked me to stand in the corner. I guess I wasn't doing something right. Yeah. And when I was five years old, I was standing in the corner, and I thought it bothered me that the corner wasn't square. And I didn't like that the, the moldings were not done well. Oh. And I didn't like the drips on the paint. You had paint. time to look at it. I did. I stared at it, and I thought... You were detail-oriented. Yes. Yes. I don't know. And so I thought maybe my life would be better and everyone's life would be better and my family would be happier if we had a house that was um, a little bit nicer. Uh huh. And so that was my escape as a child. So when they let me out of the corner, I thought maybe I could start working on it so I didn't have to stand there anymore. I started working on the casings on the room. Um, no way. How old were you? I was five. I, was, I remember I didn't go to school. I was five, and I went into the, to the um, garage. I got my dad's old, like, remember the old tools, the old Sears right. and Robux were actually steel? And yeah, and the yeah. miter box and exactly. all that. Exactly. I had a miter box yeah. doing some steel tools, I So remember. I took some wood. I started making some new casing. Let's see. I just... Okay, for those out there who don't know what casing is, like me, what's a casing? A casing what's... is the trim that goes around your windows. Oh, okay. The little piece of wood. The decorative The decorative wood that yeah, goes. Yeah, that I actually burned down one time, remember? Yeah, she, uh, she put yeah. some candles, and candles have the, a tendency to occasionally be defective and burn in an, in an irregular fashion. So... We were having a dinner party, and a, a guest came into the uh, dining room where we were seated and said, your bathroom's on fire. Oh. She had a candle right next to a budding and touching now, a, oh, no. why a vertical okay, piece Scott, of wood. I'm gonna t- this is, there's a tie-in here. Right. The, the reason I had candles in this old house that you had been in is because at the time, all the lighting was fluorescent lighting. So it was the compact fluorescence. Right. Horrible, horrible lighting. Just visually, it's good for the environment. I get it. We saved energy. It just, I just didn't look good under it. Honey, nobody's saying you shouldn't have candles instead of fluorescent lighting. The point is, you don't put it abutting and touching well, okay. a vertical piece of wood. Live and that's learn. That's called an accelerant. Okay? And yeah, so that's live and learn. Not the so best. the guy comes back from the bathroom and says your bathroom is on fire. I'm like, why didn't you put it out? I mean, what were you thinking? So I got up and it was no, fine. I have you. a I so fire. I burned ex- a casing. My point. Oh wow! Being, okay? I have fire extinguishers everywhere. Wow. I always have. I'm a Boy Scout, so I had a we fire extinguisher at the ready. It was out in moments. It's no big. A, no big. It's just another you day. You guys run Begley. hot in their house there at the Begley's. Begley household. That was the old house. But that that's was the house not that the I case lived. with this house because we have beautiful lighting. That and was it's funny. steel. Yeah. It's a steel <laughs> house. It's very safe in, uh, in case of a fire of some sort. There's. Uh, oh, yeah. I have to show you something that happened. It's not your fault, though. Oh, okay. okay. Well, you so heard that here. just remind me that I have to show you. <laughs> that's been recorded. I don't know whose fault it is, but it, I didn't do it. I just saw it. I was like, how did that get there? All right. All right. So anyway, back to... Um, all right. So you start... So you're five. Okay, go ahead. So uh, when I was done, they asked me to go back into the corner again because yeah. they didn't appreciate what I did to the house. So I, uh, let's just say... Did I, you not improve it? I thought I did. Maybe not at five. I oh. think I kind of ruined the yeah. house a little bit. So, But I had to go back in the corner. And I thought more about it. And I've never stopped, I think, since that day of just always wanting to better a house, believing that somehow it would better people's lives. And that's yes. my passion. That's that's everything that drives me. Because otherwise, this job would be in, would cause yeah, me to would go be insane. Horrible. Right? <laughs> well, this is a beautiful Managing house. People. I never thought I'd live in a house this beautiful. Not only beautiful looking, but beautiful yeah. in the bill department. The bills are so low. This is a larger house than I lived in. That home of 26 years where we almost set a fire. But uh, this house has a fraction of the energy bill. So it's gorgeous and it performs very well. Okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. And we're going to get back. We're going to get to that. But where did you grow up? I grew up in North Hollywood. Oh, that that's picturesque. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. I grew up in North Hollywood. Wait a minute. These it's are fighting words. What's wrong with North Hollywood? <laughs> yeah. It's gotten better. Hey, Adam Carolla you grew up in North improved, Hollywood, too. Right, huh? Adam Carolla grew up in North Hollywood. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, down the street exactly. from my buddy Adam. Yeah. Adam. Yes. And you both went into construction. We did. Because you were in, determined to make your living surroundings better. Is that why? I think so. I think so. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it was not bad back then, but it wasn't. 
It was bad. It was pretty bad. It was bad. Yeah, but it's gotten better. I'm still fixing that stuff. Really? Yeah, because but but now with the housing in LA, you have to. I mean, you know, I think at some point the whole valley is going to be uh, upgraded, and you've got lots of work ahead of you. But okay, so you you grew up there, and so what kind of home did you have? What was it? Just we like, just we grew up in a. It was a home similar to the one that you had. It had a very track similar. House. It was a little track house. It was built in the fifties. Every, you know, I think as I got older, I started didn't recognize then, but I had what I now recognize to be allergies to mold. Ah. And so every day in that house, I mean, I would have asthma attacks where I thought I, I was going to be my last night. So what? So what year was it built? It was built in nineteen fifty-two. And what do you think? Why did it get mold in it? Because it was poorly designed, or just old, or what? Because back then, and even somewhat now, people didn't understand um, how to, why it's so important to keep the water out. Yeah. And they didn't <laughs> realize the, yeah. yeah. But then they also didn't realize, they thought, hey, if a little water gets in, what is it going to do to a house? Right. It can't be that big of a deal. And um, it, it's enough where, you know, I heard a story the other night where uh, we were doing a show, and one of the callers called in and said that he used to work for Roto-Rooter, and there was one little drop there was of water that was coming from a dishwasher that was going behind a wall, and he would sit in that room regularly, and he had passed away. And they had to figure out what happened to him. And so he was on the team to trace the water leak. Um, and so it's okay, serious enough. Okay, wait a minute. He enough. didn't, the Roto-Rooter guy didn't pass away. No, but someone, he was, someone... the gentleman that was living in the okay. house actually so passed like away. So he had to do a forensic on it. Correct. Yeah. Because of this gentleman passing away in the house, because... He would sit there with the windows and doors closed, and he was breathing it in daily. Had no idea there was a small leak. There's paper on the back of most drywall, which we didn't do for you, by the way. That's right. right. We have paperless drywall. We will not get mold on our drywall. What was the name of our drywall? Is there? Do we have a name on it that uh, we can? Dens glass. Dens glass is great. Okay, I like yeah. to tell our viewers yeah. out. Our viewers, good lord, listeners, I'm so honey. archaic. Our listeners, we hope you're there listening still. Uh, what's it say? Say the name again. Dens wall. Dens glass. Honey. Dens glass. Okay. So paperless, and that is why you would want paperless drywall. Exactly. It's it's to me one of the the most absurd things is that you put paper on the back of drywall, and all you need to do to create mold is create a dark space, add a few drops of water, and put a, f- a food source because. Normally, mold is growing outside in your plants. It eats cellulose material. It likes to break things down. It's supposed to be there. But when you break down the um, paper, you know, the wood, and you put it on the back, right. you created the whole trinity for something. And what happens is you, you get this exponential growth of mold that will go in there. So depending on what kind of species it is, some are like the penicillin. They just cause hay fever. Mm-hmm. They cause allergies and sneezing. You can't tell why you're grumpy all the time. But the others, the black mold. That's not the case. That's not here. Yeah, I I don't know what to explain it. No, I don't either. uh, Here in this new house, the old house. Me either. I could figure why she's like that. Continue. You know, it it goes back to wanting to make sure that people are happier in their houses and healthy. I mean, so as growing up as a child in a house like that, not knowing why, you know, it's it's horrible to have. But you just had allergies. You you didn't have black mold because that's pretty serious. I I don't know what we had because I never went back and tested it, but (laughs) I know that I. you know, I, I didn't think I'd make it through the night many nights in our house. And nobody knew why. Nobody wow. knew what to look for. So you had asthma. And beyond. you also lived in North Hollywood when the air was horrible. It was. It's not horrible. As, it's better thanks to Ed, though. Yeah. yeah. All of us. We did a lot to clean up the air. Even though we have four times the cars from 1970, millions more people, there's a fraction of the smog today. So we all did that together. We're talking about the San Fernando Valley. San Fernando Valley Valley and the greater L.A. uh, basin. Basin. You know, the L.A. air basin is cleaner because of everything we did with catalytic converters on cars and combined cycle gas turbines. clearly there's improvement in building materials because we have have a a paperless drywall. Is that utilized a lot in building these days? No, it's not being utilized at all so the paperless because most people don't know about it yet the paperless drywall is just what i call it it's a fiberglass on the back Uh Um, and if you look at these commercial buildings you'll see these big yellow horizontal panels on most of them i don't know if you've ever seen you drive by these big buildings so that's that's the material so we used it in a different fashion here um are we a pioneer you have pioneered here, yes, <laughs> but it's not. I don't see anyone using it well, inside. Well, I have dented it upstairs, what, so we have to look at it. <laughs> what people do use is they use this stuff called green board near wet yeah. areas, right? And that's not doing anything. So green board is, has a little bit of a wax coating 
So for about five minutes when the water falls on there, it will repel yeah. off. For about five, until it's For about five minutes. Yeah. And then it actually soaks through and you've recreated the exact same problem. So if people are freaked out by fiberglass. I guess when they hear that, they go, fiberglass, that's bad or something, right? Is that why? I mean, it's... Well, it's a know. little more expensive. It's harder to work with. You do get the fibers in your finger when you cut them. Um, well, you so, put on gloves. Yeah, I mean, so basically you put on gloves and you save someone's life. You know, yeah. It's that easy. So hopefully this whole trend and change, you know, I mean, listen, we got it from taking the house down on Begley Street and, you know, you witnessing, you being there. I got the image of those people, I guess they were guys, there were a couple of women though that day, uh, who were recycling our old house that was here in hazmat suits. So if they have to be in lead hazmat and fiberglass suits, and, yeah. and asbestos, clearly yeah. building materials are, back then certainly, and if they hasn't changed, it needs to change. It's a dirty business. It is a dirty business. Actually, <laughs> in many ways, it's a dirty business. Yeah. Um, there's there's not enough awareness, though, that I think is still out there on right. what kind of building materials, because there's still a lot of VOCs. There's high VOCs. There's uh, Right. And that, know, what is VOC? Volatile so, organic compounds. Okay. Thank you. All right. So why don't we, because they're what? Because they do what? They're off-gassing toxins. You've got formaldehyde. I actually know the answer. I'm just saying it so <laughs> <I can be laughs> So the listener can be informed. Well yeah. done, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very subtle. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'll make it really simple. But yeah. when you have these unnatural materials that were created in yes. factories, yes. what makes things adhere together better is kind of things that make your own body, your own body come apart. Right. And Very so what works well in a factory doesn't work well in human life. Right. You and don't want a lot of formaldehyde and other VOCs from different, you know, substances, mm -hmm. old paints and what have you had a lot of it, old adhesives it, and what have you. Really a lot of today's well. adhesives have it, but you steered clear of that. You did so much we did. with uh, no and low VOC. That's all we did on this project. So right. it's a very non-toxic home. Yeah. So therefore, because we, we did a platinum, lead platinum certification. So there were, there were guidelines, but also we don't, we have a green home, so there's no off-gassing here. And you have yeah. to do it more than ever with this kind of home because it's so energy efficient it's so sealed up tight that's right. more reason than ever to make sure that there's no VOCs right 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 so <laughs> okay so all right we're back to your child and you start with your erector set no whatever you're doing so how did you sort of segue into did you have an erector set I had one I loved it uh no I didn't have an erector set but I had Legos He's Legos that was my that was my I kept going sure. from bigger set to bigger set to the master set and so that's part of it. I just thought now I start building the real thing. But yeah, I had a drawer with Legos. I would once a year. I got a leg. I got the opportunity to get my new Lego set. I remember the police station. I got the Star Wars station. Oh wow, you got all of them. I had them all. They were my Star first. Wars station. Does yes. that tell you how old he is? Jeez, Louise. These kids. I love. Oh, them. I know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so you didn't become a. I had the Lewis and Clark expedition uh, Lego set. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So you so you went to school and you thought you were going to be what? <laughs> um, I thought I was going to be a doctor. A doctor? No, I've been wanting to do this every. I, while all the kids were jumping fences and going over and playing basketball, I would jump fences into construction sites. Okay. I was That's so fascinated strange. with construction. I wanted to know everything, learn everything about it. Um, and it is strange. It was just different. It was, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't have many friends. I wasn't social. I would, I would go out and get a divining rod and try to find some water in the backyard. I would take magnets and try to pull magnetite out of the earth. You and Ed have a lot in common. <laughs> I think I that's why we get yeah. yeah, that's why we get To along. me, that's what I just, I would love. I'd love to I'd go out in the garage, I'd build my own furniture, um, mm -hmm. I'd sit there, and then I would draw, and, and I would do cooking. That was just, those are my two passions. Cooking. So okay, You're still quite me. a chef. You love to cook, don't you? I want to cook with you, Ed. All I right, do. we got to cook a yeah. meal in this yeah, wonderful yeah. kitchen. This yeah. is the best kitchen I've ever had, too. The best home I've ever lived in, and the best kitchen. This is my dream kitchen. Scott recommended, he said, you need a pot filler. I said, what the hell is a pot filler? It's not one of my favorite things in the kitchen. For those of you who don't know, it's a another spigot, if you will, that's right. on a movable arm that sits over the stove, and you can add extra water to a I soup. Even though I don't cook, pasta. I knew what it was. Well, I didn't know what it was. I had an idea what it was from the, the words pot filler, but I just right. went, what a pot filler? I just didn't know that they had such things. If you're going to make a soup or a pasta or add a little more it's water to a, a sauce or anything, it's right there in the stove. It's one of the great devices I've ever had in a kitchen. The Thank kid you. At, the kid at the taco truck was looking for a pot filler, yeah, too. Yeah, I bet he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you... you went to school and did you go to college and become what what did you go to college for 
So I did go to college um, to do business administration, but I recognized that I didn't want to, and maybe this is re- my, just my rebellious nature, I didn't want to be taught how to do something, and I wanted to learn on my own how to do it. Because what I realized, it's I started doing this. God, you um, could have saved a hell of a lot of money. I did. Well, oh. I started doing architecture full time actually in this neighborhood when I was 16 years old. What? The teachers didn't really like me very much because I would go around after the class, after they would tell them how to do something, and I would go and tell each of the students how to do it you the right way. You mean in shop class or something? No, all the classes. So they got together here at North Hollywood <laughs> High School. You were beat up North a lot, Hollywood High. Listen, it was North Hollywood High School. <laughs> yeah. So, and they said, we have created a special program for you, Mr. Harris. It's called the Outstanding Senior Program. And so I said, what does that mean? It means you don't have to come here it's anymore. It's off Bob. campus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be here. You're going to get to go to work full time now. What do you think about that? And we're going to give you credit. You'll pass. So what do you think? So... I started out very early in this, this career, and then I realized, you know, by the time I was 18, I'm training people out of SciArc, training people out of USC. I'm asking them about how much what their college tuition was. They're right. making half of what I'm making. And they would come to me, and they'd show me, like, their projects, and they would say, look at this bridge, dude. And I said, where's the other end? No, dude, the whole point is to figure out how to make something with thinking off the grid and just and out of the box, and it's just it hangs out there. It doesn't walk. work. Yeah. How are you going to support it? No, 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 no. That's what we, that's what, you know. And he went to SciArc and he was paying 30000 a year. And I thought. I don't know what SciArc. Is that in design school it's or one something? Of, it's like the, it's the Harvard of architecture. Where is it? There's, I think it's up north. Oh. Um, okay. And so. Because my father is an architect, was an architect, architectural engineer. I come from a long line of engineers, but my dad was an architect, got his degree in architecture. So, so anyway. I, I didn't want to be taught how to do things. And then from there, I ended up, I did that for a number of years. And then I worked for um, one of the top designers in the world. Mm. Um, somebody put me in touch and said, it's time for you to move on. Who? Barbara Berry. Oh, I know. We've Do you know her? her? Sheets. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen her stuff. I like her stuff. So I went in, they said, you got to talk to her. So I met her and she said... She looks at my. Were you all of seventeen by then, or something? No, I think I was uh, mid twenties by by that time. So she looks at my resume and she goes, "Sweetheart, I don't see your college education here." Yeah. And I said, "Correct, I didn't go." Mm -hmm. And she said, "Why are you in here?" (laughs) She said, "Do you realize people come from all over the world to be here to meet with me? I had people from London, and she just went on, and she said they come here and they work for free." I don't even understand how you got in here. I said, it's actually a friend. She asked me to talk to you. And I said, but here's the thing. I chose to do that. That was my choice because I wanted to think differently in this world. And I said, I know for a fact, I already looked you up. And I said, you didn't go to college. I said, Mies van der Rohe did not go to college. Steve Jobs did not go to college. And I started, and I said, Frank Lloyd Steve Wright. Steve Jobs didn't, didn't go to college? Go, basically, Frank Lloyd Wright didn't go to college, he, but he did an apprenticeship. They did, but right? all of them dropped out as they were starting to go. And they all followed the same path. And so I... I pointed this out to her and she kind of turned red in the face and went, I have one question for you. So she points to the table and she said, I want you to look at the table, look at the wood grain and tell me, what do you see here? And so I looked at it and I said, I see the summer grain. I can see the winter grain. I said, I can see the little weevil that kind of, kind of crawled through here. I can see a little sapling where it started. I can see where the the tree started to turn this way and it got sick and it grew a little bit more of this and this year it had more water. And so she got up, gave me the biggest hug, put me on a plane. Put you on a plane where? <laughs> out, of, Fran- out of the country. <laughs> no, to San Francisco to go to the St. Francis Hotel. And she said, I love you. She said, you're hired. You're, and I was with her for like six or seven years. Really? Yeah. That's great. What a yeah. great story. And from there, everything so just So you were a designer. So you, didn't, you weren't an architect there. You were a designer, right? I mean, how, what did you, you were... So, so Barbara is known for creating um, environments, and that's why I liked working with her. So when we would do a project for her, it wasn't it was this holistic approach where you're not only just saying I'm build, I'm a designer, or I'm a builder, or I'm this. We would do everything. And so we would do a home for somebody, and we would make the sheets for them. We'd have mm-hmm. them woven. We'd have the dinner plates made. We would have the silverware. God, made. where's mine? Where's my <laughs> sheets? Where's my dinner plates? We Every- already had sheets and dinnerware, honey. What do we need? We would have the furniture made. We'd have the light Damn. fixtures. We'd have the shades made. I mean, every single thing. And you would create this kind of harmony or this this rhythm. And to work with somebody that just made you think about that way, about how a home should be holistic, and you can weave something through every single aspect of a house. Mm-hmm. And so we did it for restaurants. We did... Um, Every project we did was that way. And so I would oversee the projects, the design, and I guess 
all aspects. So it was an opportunity to pull everything that I'd kind of always thought about when I was standing in the corner as a kid and finally do a little better job at it. So Let me tell you something about the impossible dream that we achieved at this house, working with the great architect, William Hefner, Scott Harris, did this beautiful French Mediterranean home, gorgeous home, and lead platinum green. That is no small feat. Rochelle, talk about the uh, origins of that, how well, you came Well, what happened to- was I talked to my friend Ephraim um, Seeger. <clears throat> I said, so, you know, we're going to do this house and blah, blah, blah. And I was talking about green and, you know, we want, you don't have any money. And he was like, <laughs> and, he, and I and I said you and he talked because I knew he had just done a house and he said yeah well I mean you know I love my guys the people I work with but they'll then they're not going to be interested and I'm like okay they, no you can't afford them <laughs> I think that's what he said or something like that I'm like okay well within hours he called and said well I talked to Scott yeah I guess you had gone over there synchronicity and I, he said uh, he said he's interested and I'm like Okay, so within hours then, you came to my house, and we came to this lot. Yeah. Empty. No, it was a house. Uh-huh. It was a house here then. Yeah. And we looked at it, and I said, well, do you know anything about green? Now, did you know anything about green at that point? I know what the color. I've yeah. Seen it, I've seen it before. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the word. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So you were a novice, <laughs> but you were interested. I was fascinated, yeah. And it's funny, because Ephraim actually told me, he said... I don't think they have enough money. I think that, you know, and I said, a home should not be in a position where people can't have it just because they don't have money. Well, we had money. We just didn't have the William Hefner money. I, I don't have it either yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, William Hefner is known. But we're known, living in a William Hefner yeah. house, so we did something we right. We did it, honey. yes. Yeah. We, uh, William Hefner is known for big houses, elaborate, detailed, and all that, which was basically yeah, what I did mean. was walked in his house in Hancock Park and said, can you do this house, which you had done, right, um, green? And he said, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and we did it. And to have a house, not just a beautiful house, but a functional house. Right. Scott knows about function so very well and design too, of course. And to have that kind of house, I knew, and they were able to achieve it, that we might be able to get nine kilowatts of solar on the roof. They did that. Two big solar thermal panels, knew about that. But stuff like uh, this act-on-demand water uh, circulation system. I'd never heard of that. He brought stuff like that to the party, and it's so impressive. Tell him about Act on Demand, what we're able to do with that, with uh, so we get hot water instantly at every tap. Yeah, because most houses that are uh, maybe at a, a next level up, what we do is we put a recirculating pump in there. Uh-huh. And so what that's doing is constantly recirculating the hot water so people don't have to wait for hot water. And I hate But waiting. it's using a lot of electricity because it's on a lot of the I, time. Exactly. And, it's, and ha- it's going through the copper pipes. So what's happening is you're losing a lot of the efficiency because you're basically, it becomes like a radiator for the house. Right. And so it's You've counterproductive. Lost me already, but go, okay, go ahead. It's, it's, it's energy inefficient. Let's just right, settle on okay, that. Okay, I got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah. And so what this does is you basically, when you walk in a room or you're, you're going to go in a bathroom, you push a button and it'll bring the hot water directly to you. Because you don't want to waste water. Because Did I you, push a button? Do I push a button? No, they went to... one beyond that. We have one in the uh, guest bathroom here. There's a push button. But oh, the I was others wondering have what a... that button was. Yeah. The other... <laughs> she didn't know what the button was till now. This is fantastic. Don't well, push the button. You never told me. I've told you 25 no, you times. Haven't. but I didn't I, listen. I've definitely told Whatever. you many times. It doesn't matter. But you, Go ahead. You do know for a fact, because I've told you this 75 times, when you walk in the bathroom or the kitchen, there's a motion detector. He took it a step further from the push button. When right. you walk in there, it activates it with motion detection. So you turn on the tap. You don't get to one Mississippi you get one misses and you got hot Who, water who's responsible who makes those motion detect is that like a system that you buy act or on you, demand is a system is yeah it was something that company yeah and that's when we first met it I think in the early days when we we're doing the framing we recommended that as an option I never heard you. of it and it works fantastic act on demand okay. and so if you don't have something like that what happens is you you want hot water right you turn it on and you sit there and you keep your hand under there, one Mississippi, two. I know. Until, but now you've actually wasted all the water. Right. So however, wherever you are from, if my sink is here and the water heater is, you know, three stories away, I got to wait for the water to come up and use all the water for the entire line and empty it every time. And we're trying to not only save energy, we want to save water too. So we are well, able yeah. to achieve both with the act and demand system. Just one of the many things I didn't know about, forget about wanting or being open to, you know, I'd, I'm going like, what? What are you even talking about? I never heard of this system. Well, okay, so that was one thing. But did you have to, like, read books at night when you left our house? <laughs> I, mean, how I loved it. It was, like, the most exciting thing. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, John Woosley, he was here, too. And, like, he and I would just ping back and forth about because everything we wanted to do, we wanted to rethink it for you. 
think about how to do things differently. I mean, even, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we didn't even use plywood on the outside of the building. Because that's the dense glass. We use the dense glass with steel back there. You but know. aren't you? You don't. So, um, I didn't. I just thought we didn't have to use plywood. You have we, to stabilize a house for earthquakes and just in general. So honey. You that can't was just have the, the uh, that was the that stuff. I thought we used plaster. What do you call it? Shear wall? Is that yeah, no, called? most people have it for shear wall. So here's you know even when we started when we were doing the foundation work, I, I took a look into to concrete to see what other options there were for you, and. Concrete usually has a, they call it the admix, so they have a number of percentages mm -hmm. of fly ash and there's cement and there's aggregate and you have all of it in there. So I discovered that part of what's in there is fly ash, which I didn't know what it was at the time. I looked it up. I found out that fly ash is actually the, when they're burning uh, coal, it's mm -hmm. the stuff that, so then they use that because it gives a little bit of elasticity in there. But it's also so it's a byproduct. It's a byproduct, and you're of recycling coal. too. Yeah. You're recycling this fly ash. But right. most of it is in there is, is five percent because it's, the rest of it is not. And so I asked the engineer, "Can we increase that and put more of it in there? Because that'd be kind of cool." It, he said, it, "Yeah." And, and he it said, "Makes it good." And I said, "So what does that do?" He said, "Well, it actually makes it more elastic." Well, then why aren't they doing that? He why said, are, "Why isn't that just they the standard?" They will be. We're on the cutting edge here. There's going to be more and more of that, I believe. Yeah. Scott. What and do you think? I think so. I mean, I'm starting to hear people do it. It's starting. People are starting to awaken a little bit. But it's it's one of those things that you put in there. So we found out we could use fifty per, up to fifty percent fly ash. So fifty percent of your foundation is basically ash. And something and, that would have normally gone into the landfill, it cost us a very small amount extra, and it gives more elasticity in an earthquake. So, well, that's good to know. So, and we have steel frame. Yeah, we went through a lot. Remember, we went through the SIPS panels. We went through. Yeah, we, we talked about a lot of different options. And yeah, and I was pushing for he steel, and they. Steel. And I was very happy when you found a way to make that work, Scott. Because there's a problem with steel. You may know about out there for our listeners who know about conductivity. If you put a spoon in a hot cup of coffee or a cold drink, it'll get cold or hot on the end of it because it conducts heat and cool very well. Right. So if you've got a house made out of it, you don't want to conduct. But he came up with an idea, him and the wonderful engineers who worked in this project came up with an idea where you'd have six inches of steel construction, very strong, a two inch gap, then four inches of additional steel, seven layers between inside and outside with incredible insulation. So you have no conductivity with the steel. It's a brilliant design, got to have everything that we wanted. So and you mean the block, the seven inches that hits the outside is stopped and then the inside? There's six inches of steel, okay. two inch gap, so there can't be any conductivity right. there. Then there's four inches and Good the seven know. layers. What are some of the layers that are- uh, well, I, just, I was just gonna go back and simplify yes, that a yes, little bit Yes, simplify about, it. You know, the way, that it, the way that sound, light, energy, heat, everything moves through a vibration. And so all you have to do to stop something from moving inside or outside mm -hmm. is disconnect. And so you have a disconnect. Yeah, I wish I had learned that one. <laughs> She'd but like to disconnect. Here's what everybody <laughs> knows about. Everyone has, knows about dual insulated glass. So it's the simplest thing. That's because, an assumption I wouldn't necessarily make. Well, here's, but, but people understand that dual insulated windows are more energy efficient. But just to break down why, it's because there's which, a, which we call double pane. Right? Double pane, okay, yeah. There you are. Okay. Because there's an air gap there, and right. so no matter what you're hitting on one side of the glass, right. it won't transfer through because it needs it needs a connection. It's basically like unplugging your electrical cord. The electricity energy okay, will never flow through. I get through. it. So what a nor what's normal building material? So so you're building with wood, right? Normally, right. yes. And does that not do you not build the same way to have that gap or no or because you have an insulation and then you would have it I it mean, won't transfer heat or cool in the same way at all it'll transfer but not quite as swiftly as metal so we oh, had so a real challenge problem i yeah. see i see okay. and normal houses no they don't have that they just have us they have one wall right and everything so when the sun hits the outside of the wall it just takes a while for it to transfer in and when then the sound, once the house heats up it gets really hot right and then house. as you're cooling your house it's, it's starting to transfer back out the other way and you're losing your efficiency. It's also for sound as well. You've got sound that's on the outside of the house that's right. starting to work its way through. So, I mean, it's as simple as just disconnecting. It's like unplugging the circuit. Yeah, we, well, I have to say this house is very quiet. And, very quiet and, and very easy to heat and cool because of those thick walls and because of the efficiency of these units that Scott Dyken, came up with. Dyken heating and air units. Brilliant. A SEER rating of 20 
which is very high if you know anything about these numbers. It's like the miles per gallon, if you will, of your heating and AC unit. And these are incredible, four separate zones. So if Rochelle wants it frigid cold in the summer and do. boiling hot in the winter, yeah, which she does, much. she can have it in her Fakakta zone. Yeah. I can have the rest <laughs> of the house in a more normal fashion, and I do. My it man actually has been a uh, brilliant feature. I highly recommend, if you have the money to do it, and you're building new, or even you're replacing an old system, I highly recommend doing recommend zones. doing four zones Gym, or, or however two many zones, zones or whatever. You can, if I had twenty zones, that would be better. That means there's like twenty zones, but no, away from twenty me. zones. I'm I looking at. Can you? I, I know. try to imagine, yeah, listener, what I'm looking at her with in my eyes right now. <laughs> try to imagine the the no, love that I'm sending her away. Twenty know, zones. You want place, twenty different units? Yeah, for zones. No, but I love. I believe me. I I'm. This She's happy with the result. Happy. Let's just agree on All that. All right, happy, I'm happy. happy Good. Happy. Okay, so what makes uh, a sustainable house different from other houses then? So let's go through the list of what so so one is the drywall which makes it different right there your and dry your house, ash yes, yes. Yeah. so fly i'm trying ash. i mean fly dry ash fly ash yes so i'm just saying what is different what's the what's the well, um, i think if you look at the root word the root word is sustainable right and so how do you self-sustain i mean you have everyone's got their their piece of land their lot and you have a lot of energy and a lot of um, natural resources that are sitting there that are wasted right you know you've got the sun that's falling on your your property every day Either you let it annoy you or you actually utilize it. You're utilizing mm. it. What I love about how we're utilizing it, too, because I really didn't want a modern house because I just don't like modern. I mean, maybe one day, but not right now. I mean, whatever. One day you're planning on moving? <laughs> never. What do you have in mind? Jesus I'm never Christ. building another home. Oh, my God. But Give me a sedative, I really right. wanted a house that fits into this neighborhood that did not that you don't see the solar. So we were very fortunate the way you designed it to see it have well, a flat roof. Well, you can't see it from anywhere in the property. Yeah, you well, can't see yeah, it. Yeah. Great design Unless by you have an airplane or a, a drone. A drone. We've seen a few here, by the way. Right? You've seen drones? Yeah. Yeah, we had a drone flying over the yeah. house. Somebody was taking uh -huh. pictures during Who? the construction. During construction. We don't, we don't know. Yeah. Oh. A neighbor, we don't know. All right, whatever. But cool. And the other thing to make it sustaining is catching your own water, which is a big thing that you're doing here that people are now starting to do. City of Los Angeles is actually requiring us to do it now on new projects. Wow, that's um, great. What, so, rainwater catchment like what we have? Yes. They're asking for that? Hell yes. You don't no, know about ask. that? No. Do you, you not read the LA Times? Mm, I do, but I don't read that part. Do you listen when I talk? <laughs> no, How about that? I do you ever listen to. when I say, honey, they're not required in the city of LA. That's not ringing a bell if with you at all? If we could put up a picture on our Facebook page of the thing that we have, which is a small submarine in the backyard that's buried, you're saying that that's what the city's asking for now? They don't ask for anything. They just Nothing. require it now. Oh, they're yeah, like there's 10, no, there's no ask. It doesn't have to be that yeah. grand. Oh, Here's the thing with, let me just tell you about this technology listener in case you're getting worried about it. Yeah. You can do the same. If you want to go buy yourself a wonderful new GPS system, it will work in a, on a yacht, it'll work on a cabin cruiser, and it'll work on a dinghy. Good technology works in a small home, a very modest home, a medium-sized home, and a grand home. So a lot of the stuff we're doing, nearly all of it, you can do on very modest projects. It's not all high, has to be a highfalutin home like ours. Yeah, I mean, you can collect rainwater out of your downspouts. Correct. You can get a few rain barrels. Most of them are giving them a municipal. I know, I've seen free. them. They're not very attractive, it's, but nonetheless. I get it's not a sexy topic, but it's but just, I do like it makes the, I do <laughs> like our rainwater catchment in that we don't see it. So that is beautiful. Like the way you like me. You yeah. just don't want to see it. <laughs> in you your, want it doing the job. In your zone. You want it working Stay away all zone. the time, doing something of benefit <laughs> oh, to you. You're out of and your never zone. See it. Go yeah. back to your zone. There we go. Yep. That's why she you was You said funny. it here. I'm going to have to subpoena yeah. these tapes. Just back make a marker here. The footage number, please, <laughs> Nothing Emma. to see. Okay, so other than the... Okay, so continue. Rainwater catchment. Is so there... You got, so you have, well, and also your pool, right? Yeah. Your pool, you did a UV system on here. No, I did ozone. You didn't? I, we will do UV eventually, but we could afford ozone. So right. we'd do that. But and so other things, I'm just sitting here looking out of these beautiful near Sierra Pacific windows and doors, and I see Ed's garden. So you're sustaining. Right. And, you know, here's something that, that we did that was unique on your house. Um, the condensate line, uh, which is something that's a white plastic thing that produces a lot of water from people's air conditioning systems. Most people never see them. They only call us when there's a, they're dripping out of their window. Right. Um, what most people don't realize is that an air conditioning system, when it's running, it's dehumidifying the house. It makes it a little more comfortable. Where's that water going? Well, that water is going down to a sewer line, so you never see it. Uh, we were doing a project where somebody had, we had cut the line. It was actually for Kevin James, and he came back to go see the Lakers game, and 
comes home and the wife called us the next morning and said, oh my God, the whole house has been flooded. And we thought we hit a line. Turns out he came home and turned on the air conditioner. And there was enough water just from one night that basically destroyed a big portion of their first floor, just from the condensate line being cut because we were working. Oh, and did you have to replace that floor? They, yep. they were, you know, they understood. I mean, he wasn't, they didn't notify that. They weren't like us. In. No, they were. Yeah. No, you guys are great. <laughs> no, but it was, <laughs> they ended up remodeling the whole downstairs too. Oh, but it was a good it's lesson. It's a ploy then. It, uh, it's a ploy. I didn't ask him to come back and watch the Lakers. Yeah. So what we did for your home is started collecting that water. I don't know if you've been in the basement and you've seen these little white, there's like a, we call yeah. it a floor sink. Yeah. So the water, when your, your system is pumping, is actually collecting it, goes in, and then that can then feed uh, your, your, you can irrigate. So that's going into our gray water system? No, into the rainwater. Into the rainwater. Into the rainwater. Okay. We also have, for the listeners, we must distinguish, we have a gray water system as well that Scott put in that is under the house, goes from the tub, from the shower, and the laundry room. That all goes... To and a the gray sinks, water right? system, I mean, and uh, the bathroom sink, not the kitchen sink. You can't do it with the kitchen oh. sink. You've got a garbage disposal, lots oh, of organic okay. matter. Can't do it there, but you can do it for the bathroom sink. And all that goes to a gray water system. It goes to mulch pits and goes out and irrigates our fruit trees. So it's all fed by gravity. Very simple. They kept it very simple. And there's right. a diversion valve. So if you need to use some bleach or something, that will go to the sewer when you divert the valve and hit that switch and you go back to the landscape mode and it'll uh, irrigate your fruit trees it's a great setup and well well done and and you're eating off of your own property so you're sustaining yourself that's right and yeah. the other here's the to me the most important thing on being sustainable is sustaining the human life and sustaining our environment so if you build a house that's healthy and you're able to doesn't live in it. It doesn't cause asthma. It or? doesn't cause <laughs> asthma, but there's all other kinds of things that it yeah. causes. I mean, people, you don't have, like the story I told earlier about this poor man that passed away. You have to sustain yourself first. And right. so that's part of having a sustainable house is making it well, healthy. Well, we certainly I agree. won't have ter termites, will we? We won't because of the steel. But most houses out there today are like a patient that's on life support. Everything's coming from outside. There's an IV drip with the food going in, the saline and what have you is going in the arm. The breathing apparatus is given the air. There's all sorts of stuff coming from outside. Our home is a healthy home. It's getting everything it needs from the area around it. It's alive and self-sustaining. It's like a somebody that's up and moving around. But many houses get nearly everything they need from outside. outside. Okay, but I will, yeah, I'm sure. And I, I will ask a question in that, um, I'm, the challenge, because I, obviously this was a learning curve for you, and there must have been a great challenge design-wise, just in the materials you got to choose from. You couldn't just go and do French limestone that came or imported Italian marble. Well, that, we would have lost lead points if we could have yeah. done that. We would have lost points. Yeah, I mean, I've, every material on here, as you know, is like painstakingly selected. I mean, even your, your Oceanside glass, t your tiles for your bathrooms, they were made out of recycled glass. Right, and curbside pickup glass. Right. So in order to do that, yes, we also had to make sure, analyze every single material that came in here. Um, and have the documentation to prove it. Can't be just correct. trust me. I we put had to that have up. a lead yeah. certifier. So we she had to have a certifier looking at it. It's not like, oh, in these walls, we have this, you know, X amount of insulation. You got to have them come and look before you seal up the walls to verify exactly what it is. They take pictures. They have data sheets. They got to submit. It's all got to be by the book. There's no trust me on this one. Well, I obviously... This was maybe one of your more challenging jobs. <laughs> I, I would say it was um, it was one of my more interesting and fascinating jobs. This this job like it brings me reason to to further my career. All right, so let me ask you this: All Has right. anyone asked you to do it again? People are people would you do that again? asking for this. It's are we the only crazy people out there? No, I mean I get a little of both. I mean it's it sometimes makes me sad because. I tell people that we've done this, and I don't I hate a green stuff. Yeah, that Ed Begley, you know, yeah. he's so crazy. <laughs> and then there's, but then there's other people that are excited. You know, we had somebody, we didn't know they were a fan of, of yours. Um, yeah, I'd like to get their num name and number. They I'm came by. And we they did. I met those wonderful people. Yeah, I didn't, nice. I didn't know they were a fan, and they said they had been, you know, they're a very high position uh, in this, in what they do. They work in politics, and they said they were watching the entire build. And so they didn't, we didn't know there was a connection. I was just basically a blind bidder, one of three bidding. And they said, we'd like to see one of the houses. I thought Spanish kind of, I, thought, I wonder if Ed's available. 
you mentioned the name. Mm-hmm. They jumped up. Literally, I don't think you saw this set, but they were jumping up and down because they were so happy when oh. you opened the door. And they said, we've been watching this journey. And Why, her they husband, live, are their neighbors? <laughs> no, and her husband actually works on the U- U.S. Green, United States Green Building Council oh, as well. He's well, on good the board to know. Member. We have his and number, so right? Yeah. They were so appreciative to be able to see this. And so lovely folks. You I have some of those people, but I don't think it's going to be cool and people are going to do it until it actually people see the either the negative impact actually affect right. them directly or right. until they start to realize the benefits of it the costs yeah how they're saving these, money to get in the these long low run. utility bills like i have we have the lowest utility bills i could ever imagine a house this size to run on that much solar and to have a water bill that low it's just extraordinary it all works so well scott so okay so you know what can the mere mortals do out there that uh, don't have the income or whatever but they can do some upgrades to their home greenwise what would what do you advise have you what are some of the bang for the bucks yeah. things that just about everybody should do scott i mean one of the things you can do if you want to have 20 zones and do it inexpensively is you can retrofit an existing system with um a zone kit. Oh, that's right. Those zone kits. That's right. a Who great idea. Those? I think Honeywell makes them. They're starting to catch on. They're actually selling them at, at some of the local, like Home Depots are selling them zone now. Zone kit. And, and so what it is. little louvers or something. Yeah. So basically, I'll try to make this simple, but you know, when you have an air conditioner, you have a big box outside. Yeah. You got these big ducts that go to smaller ducts and smaller ducts, and it looks like the aqueducts, and it spreads throughout the house. And so if you're in the back bedroom, and I want to turn on the air conditioner, it's going through the whole thing before your bedroom gets cool and then it shuts it off. So what this does is it shuts off the doors to all the other ducts or aqueducts. And so you can decide that I only want the air to travel into my bedroom right now. Mm-hmm. And so the machine only has to go on for 10% of the time versus heating or cooling the whole house. That's brilliant. And it's, it's the simplest thing. It's basically, if you imagine just a, a piece of sheet metal that's on a pivot Mm-hmm. And it's got a Wi-Fi signal, so you can be on your phone and say "close mm-hmm. door," and it just pivots and it shuts. And it's called again. What is it called again? Zone kit. A zone, zone kit. kit. Yeah. Well, so that's it, handy. It allows you to take a how pre-existing does, how system. How much does that like cost? I just, they're depending on who makes it and what. You, but as little as eight hundred dollars, we've added them to people's homes. Better than having a bunch of new air conditioners put in for sure. But it'll pay for itself. So that right. way, if you. Um, you wanted your bedroom to stay cool, but you didn't want to cool down the whole house. It's a very inexpensive. In way this heat wave, I know people Oof. that are right now today in this month's billing cycle spending eight hundred dollars on electricity. These are normal people. I, These are not. Someone told me two days ago. Who was it? Four thousand dollars with water and and uh, electricity for that's two for two months. months in the city of LA. I must Four. tell you. So and it wasn't a big house. Yeah, yeah. Ours was like two thousand. It's just disgusting. Another thing that most people don't aren't aware of is that they're spending so much money, like you said, on these their higher efficiency units for the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the twenty sear. Um, it just basically means it's more efficient. So what people are forgetting is that the they forget to look at the ducts in the attic, because most of them, when they were put in, somebody was up there rustling or cutting and they're they're nothing more than like some thin aluminum foil you know but as thick as the plastic on a on a trash bag so you can imagine that thing living up there for 10 years the people crawling through it most of them are punctured they're punctured and born so you're losing you know 20 to 30 your attic you're heating or cooling up down your attic all the time and the person who went up there and tore it is not going to come downstairs and tell you. So what did we do? So what did we do different? So we they did inspect it. We do a HERS test. Oh, a HERS test, yes. And so before we turned your house over, what we did is we t- pressure tested your system to make sure that we had no leaks anywhere. And right. so a very simple thing is to go up in the attic and see if you've got any leaks up there. Well, that's what that sort of your energy audit thing that you always talk about, right? Yeah, but it's separate. The HERS test is uh, a little separate from an energy audit. It's okay. a specific uh, test for just that. It's a very wise test to do. And I we got, passed it. I got a really easy one that anybody can do. What? Open their doors and windows occasionally. Just to let some air in? Yeah, and sunlight, too. Yeah, well, one thing about our house is there's a lot of great windows. We have just fabulous Beautiful Sierra Pacific windows and doors, all double pane, all sustainable wood in all of them. Someone actually, who was it here the other day? Oh, it was was Amanda Pays and Corbin Burnson were here, and they're... They do a lot of uh, remodels, and they were talking about, what? What's this door? Is it poly... Whatever he she mentioned something PVC or something some kind of she was astounded that our door was solid wood yeah I mean it's a because we have a steel house but you have to have wood have to you we 
chose to have wood in some places where it was wise to do it, like doors and windows. It was good to get wood for that, and it's all sustainable wood. There's a few other pieces, like the floor is recycled, reclaimed wood yeah. from old barns and buildings. It's now, beautiful. That, that was trickier, you must admit, working with... Uh, non-engineered wood it's a little bit yeah there's a little bit of warp and character to it but look at this beautiful floor right. i can't imagine a floor more beautiful than this no absolutely and we have all led lighting and lutron controls so those the shades and the lighting you know it's great they go up and down different times of the day different times of the year and by eaton lutron provided all we got our lights from eaton which is phenomenal i love the led lights. lights those halo lights and one thing i just wanted to add what i i I applaud and that you both have done is you don't have an abundance of LED lights in here because what happens is people think that just because you're switching from incandescent to or fluorescent to LED that mm -hmm. it's somehow free it uses less energy right it doesn't mean it's free you're and right. so you're right. I can't tell you how many homes that we go into where you see somebody take out the their their old school you know fixture in the center that had 260 watt bulbs and they put 15 LED you know, recess lights in there thinking that, right. and they want me to applaud and say, what do you think? Huh? Yeah. It's right, good. Right. right. And you look up there and you do the math quickly it's at 15 Watts. Is, yeah. It's actually more. Really? Most of a lot of people I'm seeing, they're taking out the old incandescent lights and, and they're putting in something that's more energy efficient. But if you took out one and you put in 15, right. You know, you didn't, you didn't flip the curve. You went so the they wrong way. Adding is what right. You're they're saying. actually doing the, doing it the other way. Yeah. But, I mean, I think all of our, so our building materials, what do you think it's going to take for the building community to take on this task of sustainable building? I mean, it really is, I guess it's going to be, the style has to come up, uh, it has to be the pricing, but it will take people like us who are willing to do it. It you does. Know? It takes people like you. I mean, you're pioneers for what you've done, and I think... Hopefully we're not the downer party. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and I, I've said this before, and it, you know, the truth is you both have changed my life dramatically in a good way. <laughs> I bet you know, I have a little more I, gray hair. When <laughs> I changed ours in a wonderful yeah, way. I love this house. When I came here, I thought of green as meaning something, thinking you put it in your pocket. But, you know, <laughs> now I recognize it as, as a way of life. You know, it's right. a way of, and it's something that will stay with me and something that I teach my kids. And by doing what we've done, you know, if we only do one home at a time, we're, not, we're wasting our time. So the whole point of this exercise was to do something that changes people's, not only your lives directly, because that fills my goal, but to change other people's lives so they start to see the journey. You know, ab you're absolutely right. And there are so many, we didn't have to compromise. The one thing we did not have to do is compromise on style. We have beautiful countertops from Caesar Stone. There is good if not better than the Italian marble. Absolutely. Uh, and they're, they're not so more much more du way. Du durable. I mean, yes. you just don't have to worry about putting a glass of wine down on and get a, you know, a permanent ring. I mean, they, you know, we have from the shades to the paint colors to everything that is style. We did not have to compromise our style, no, which is great. Not only did we hold the line on the energy efficiency and the amount of solar I wanted and some of those other things, but we held the line on style in some ways. I remember near the end, Scott, I was fighting you saying, just go to Home Depot and get some molding. I can't wait, <laughs> I remember. trying to get to the finish line. You said, no, you're gonna like it better. It's gonna take a few more weeks, but hang in there and look at this beautiful molding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's down gorgeous. and above. It's I nice. wish you guys could see it. One thing I do love is my Kohler fixtures because that tub, when I heard how, how it had to come, it was, what's it, 3,000 pounds or something? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's pretty heavy. I have the most beautiful, huge, t recycled iron. It's 90%, I think, recy right, recycled uh -huh. iron tub in my bathroom that Ed takes a bath after me, so we are conserving Why water. Why waste water? I know, he's so She's weird. a very clean person, so, so it doesn't... So we don't, the two people are taking a bath, at so it is very efficient. And uh, and it is good for my mental health. So and then you put it. Wow, I, so you're triple using your water, Ed. Because then exactly. you, you put it down to the great. Well, actually quadruple. Because then it goes in the gray water. Then from there you distribute it out to your garden. Exactly. Wow, you're feeding, using it again and again and again. Bathing and feeding it from it. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to make use of every drop of every kilowatt. But it is, you know, we're our newest thing that we have to take on is lighting. So we're going to get LED outside lighting, you know. And I had when I when we moved in, I did not have any money left to, to decorate. That was for sure. 
But we made it to the finish line. We, we decorated. So the house I looks great inside and outside. That's really nice. Landscape. National Council of Jewish place. Women. I want to have a shout out to the National they, Council of Jewish Women. You've done a lot women. of shopping there, honey. I, I have an account. Let's the just The Jewish Women, one. they did a nice job They did there. a good Didn't job they? here. For a good price. Yeah. Okay, here's a question, Nick Cass. I think there's a question for you, Scott. Was an energy model created to benchmark the energy consumption, and will it be calibrated to verify that the home is performing as designed? <laughs> Uh, what we did do is this thing called Title 24 calculations. So we had an, a company that did the design on the energy efficiency of the house. So what they do is they take the coefficient of the glass, the glazing. They take into consideration what exposures it has, um, the roofing, the insulation, and we combine that. Mm -hmm. What we didn't have is someone to, in that company to, was to do the rainwater. So that's something that at William Hefner they did their own calculations to determine how much rainwater you get, which is two one-inch rainfalls fill up your 10,000-gallon tank. Yes, it's and, impressive the amount of water we collect with that, but and, I'll just go ahead, Scott. And to answer the question, how do we verify, I think we have Ed that stands outside by the electric meter. You get to watch it roll backwards, and I think that's a good indicator that we've... And I will working. report my most recent bill. The most recent bill was $13 a month for electricity, there's a $11 a month service charge for being hooked up to the DWP, the Department of Water and Power in the city of Los Angeles, but there was $13 worth of usage. And the only reason it was that high, it was much less than that, the previous billing, it was that high because we turned on the pool equipment. Prior to that, we had enough energy to run the house and charge the electric vehicle without using any city power. Those were the previous billing cycles I had in the past year we've been up has been either neutral or negative where I made more power than I created. And now with the turning on of three different pool pumps, here's what we have now, Scott, and the, the listener who wrote that wonderful question, a good question. We now turned on a pool pump, an ozone filter, uh, thing that takes a certain amount of wattage and there's a, a second pump Scott that's pumping it up to the solar rooftop because we didn't have any more room for solar panels on the ground or up on the roof we put it on the back of the solar electric so we're using great efficiency from getting the heat from the solar electric panels on the back of those very dark panels produce a lot of heat so those pumps are making us use $13 of power a month so far we'll see I'll report back to the listeners if it ever goes higher than that but that's my bill for this beautiful home $13 a month of electricity use. Wow, that's amazing. And the water has been, a, and only because of certain people, no names, taking Shut long up. showers and multiple baths, because of those people, we're using as much as $75 a month of water for that's for the property for all irrigation, that is for cooking, that is for drinking and bathing, 75 bucks a month, which isn't bad in the city of LA, the very arid area of LA. So we're doing something right. That, that's amazing. The natural gas has been, because of the amount of cooking I'm doing, that has been 40 some odd dollars a month in the winter. I think it went as high one month as $80. That's a cold winter month. We're using a lot of natural gas. I believe it was 80. So that's just a little bit of taste to that listener. A very good question. There's some answers to that. Uh, is there like some kind of system that we'll be following up on it? Or is that yeah, we're going to report as every bill comes in. We'll oh, be okay. doing the podcast and I'll say, here's a new bill. While well, we, uh, we used $40 uh, this month and we used $38 a month before, we'll just bit by bit, you know, if it goes up or down, we're going to make sure people know. Okay. Cool. With, with every bill that comes, I'll report back. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you right now, it's been a year since we've had the solar turned on, over a year, and uh, there's not going to be any big bills in this property. I'm telling you that right now. No big water bills because of the rain tank and the gray water, and there won't be any big electric bills because of nine kilowatts of solar and a very ener energy efficient house. And we have a pool, uh, now we have a pool um, heater that is sort of unique, isn't it? Ed? We just talked about that, oh, you honey. you did? You were, you were on your phone, honey. <laughs> we just talked about that. She's, she's busy texting and missed that. I have things I have to do. Okay. Anyway. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your work, Scott? What's your uh, Twitter handle, your Facebook account, website? Uh, if you go to, to buildingcgroup.com. Buildingcgroup.com. Yeah. C is in construction. Buildingcgroup.com is your website. Right. And my email address is scott at buildingcgroup.com. Great. And you have a Twitter handle? I don't. I don't Twitter yet. Do you have yet. Facebook? I do Facebook, yeah. Well, just and my... what is that one? I think it's just my name, Scott yeah. Harris. Scott Harris. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How creative. That is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One has to do that, you know? I mean, you have a visual medium. You need to put your stuff out there on... I hope you have your stuff somewhere that people can see it. I do. And um, 
Yeah, we put it on. You it's, have your own. It's also on Instagram under Building C Group. Yep. Well, we have an unusual situation here. We have a contractor to build this beautiful house for us, and we're happy to see him. A lot of people don't want, ever want to see the. And I'm going to show you what happened upstairs. All right, it was not okay. My well, fault, it wasn't her, his fault. It's something. It wasn't that, my fault. It wasn't your fault. No, but, but someone did. But it happened. happened. She needs a, a consult on an accident. Yeah. Okay, let's go look at it. Thanks okay, so much. Thanks Scott. A lot, All right, thank Scott. you. Thank you, yep, guys. Dude. All right. We, went, we did it. We did we do sure it. We sure did. Okay. All right. Where's the champagne? Scott, we love chatting with you today. You have some great points that we want to highlight. Some of those points are think outside the box. You think your life is going to go one way, go another way. You had this dream of helping people. I think he people. thought it was going to go one way, and it went that way. He was His passion from five years old has been building. Okay. So... <laughs> Is that true, Scott? He's it like, has. Hey, I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. It could have gone many different ways, but uh, I, I appreciate the way that it went. He didn't want to be a doctor. He wanted to be a builder. He okay. wanted to be a designer, an architect. But I'm builder. saying he's standing in the corner. He wasn't sure. Hey, yeah, he I got out of the corner. He's being child, put I guess. in the corner by his parents, and he used that opportunity, that possibly negative experience, to go, wait a minute, look at the molding. Oh, look okay. At the so you saying, okay, well, that was he made. That was he had some lemon thrown his way. He made lemonade uh, Right, all right, at five. Boy. That wraps it up this week. Thank you again for joining us. <laughs> this inspired you to make a few changes in your house. Let us know and post some pictures. We're on Facebook Please. or Twitter at Begley Ask or email us begleyesque at gmail.com. Please just do a little, do a lot. Just do something today and tell us what you did because we actually are very interested. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.